Hello, everyone, and welcome to People Who Are Somehow Important to My Well-Being, the podcast. I'm Sydney, and I'm the host and the creator of the podcast. Today, I'm joined by Mary Beth Donahoe, who was recently seen in the ensemble of the Mean Girls' first national tour. Hello. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Are you in a closet? <laughs> yes, I'm in my closet. They're doing construction outside and it just simply, it was, I was like, this is the quietest spot in my apartment. So here we are. <laughs> it's okay. I love it. It adds, it adds so much. <laughs> yeah. Just a little character, you know? Yeah. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Of How course. Are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Do you live in the city? I do. Yeah. Got it. Oh, so, yeah. I live in, in my childhood bedroom in Michigan, but. <laughs> Where in I Michigan? Live- I live in Metro Detroit, Farmington Hills, if you Okay. Know. Yeah. I grew up outside of Cleveland, so it's, it's right. I I know it well. Oh hi, <laughs> girl. I usually start my episodes by telling my guests why they're here and how they're important to my well being. Hence <gasps> the- Okay. I know. I obviously know you from Mean Girls. I saw the sh- I saw your version of the tour eight times. And then oh I wow. saw the non union tour twice now. So I that's 10 oh, incredible yeah it was so good different but it's still really good. yeah oh yeah and I also got to see you as Katie and as Gretchen which was really, really cool. yeah you were oh um, yeah in East Lansing and Detroit probably would have been the closest to you it was I saw you as Katie in East Lansing and then I saw it in East Lansing Detroit Toronto and Costa Mesa because I was in LA for spring break so I like Oh, fun. And you were on as Gretchen in Costa Mesa. That was yeah. and Grace were switching off. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I got to see that. Wait, I actually think I might have seen you as Gretchen. Mm, I don't know. But I, I saw you as Gretchen and as Katie. And actually, my friend and I went. So the first time I ever saw the show was in East Lansing. And it was Danny as Katie. Because I was like, oh. Danny is, you know. And then we went yeah. back and you were on. And we're like, this is so special. Like, we get to see someone else now. Like, yeah. <laughs> um oh that's so cool yeah you were great um Thanks. <laughs> I don't remember a lot of it because that was so many shows ago no longer. it was great and so um you I mean just like in general you always stood out to me in a good way like as a performer even uh-huh. in the video of you guys doing fearless in rehearsals um, oh my god I like sometimes I go oh, back wow. and watch her I'm like wow like that was great. She was amazing. Oh, that's so sweet. Thank so, you. Yeah. And I've obviously I've met you in person before, but I wanted to talk yeah. to you first. So welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> of course. Um, so I guess we'll start by anybody listening. Tell us who you are. Hi, um, I'm Mary Beth Donahoe. Uh, I'm an actor based in New York. I was just most recently on the Mean Girls tour. I began when it started in 2019. And then obviously like came back. Truly 2019 feels like forever ago. And then came back post pandemic and then came back to New York. So here I am. Here you are. So how did you get into performing? I would say it started when my mom signed me up for a soccer skills camp in like first grade and she and my dad are both very athletic so is the whole rest of my family and she said that that was very embarrassing for her to watch the attempt to do soccer foot skills so we got out the little rec book and she said okay well maybe there's some other class that you'd like to take and I said well how about tap dance and then I've been doing that ever since so it it began there um but you know I throughout my 
education, like in elementary school, middle school and high school, I was super involved in um, the performing arts. And I was really fortunate to go to a public school that had an awesome performing arts program. So I was involved in choirs and I was in band class and I was on the dance line for the marching band and we had a dance group and we did three shows every year. So um, I was super fortunate in that way. Um, And then that's what I decided to study in college as well. You went to Ohio Northern, right? Yes, with a question mark because it's the smallest school and no one's ever heard of it. It's in the middle of literal cornfields in Ohio. There are four traffic lights in the village of Ada. So it's really similar to New York. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh yeah, it was God. a really good program, though. And, and I wanted to go there because it was small and I could have, you know, I needed a lot of work still um, as a high school senior. I I needed, you know, personalized instruction and wanted to get to know my professors and my classmates really well. And I wanted to go to a liberal arts school um, as opposed to like a conservatory. And Ohio Northern just fit a lot of those boxes for me. Um, in state. Yeah. And it's in state. It is um, a private institution. So I I did qualify for a lot of scholarships. So so that was kind of my um decision ended up being betwixt Ohio Northern and another school that was an out-of-state public school. And there was just no world in which that would have been feasible for me. So I I went to ONU. What's the mascot there? The polar bears. <laughs> it's cold on the tundra, okay? <laughs> the polar bears. What city is that even in? Oh, it's, it's in a village. Ada is a village. It's the village of Ada, Ohio. It's not even a city. It means small. <laughs> How close did you live to it? I, so I grew up in Lakewood, Ohio, which is the first suburb west of Cleveland um, on Lake Erie. And Ohio Northern was in Ada, which was like a two, two and a half hour drive from my wow. parents' house. Um, but I also, my mom is from Fostoria, Ohio, which is maybe half an hour away from ONU. So that was awesome. I got to see my grandparents a lot when I was in college. They came to every show that I did. And so that was that was special. So I was I was familiar with Northwest Ohio, right, but had never right. been there for years. So that was an experience for me. How big was your class? Like your theater program? I think there were nine of us. Okay. I, I think there were nine. And in, in the musical theater program, there there also was a, a BA theater program and um, international theater production. And I want to say another major that I'm going to forget. And that's embarrassing. But um, <laughs> and there was arts administration minor and a dance minor. Like there were a few other things um, within that realm well michigan state doesn't even have a musical theater program i learned this year so so tell me about your mean girls process the audition process the tour everything i want to hear all about it okay we'll be here for hours um (laughs) i have time I auditioned for the tour. Well, I auditioned actually for the out of town tryout years ago. I don't know, a dance call, a singer call, went to it. And same thing when it transferred to Broadway, went to all the calls Mm -hmm. um, and was was in a few times um, for like various replacements on Broadway. So I think I was in for a vacation swing at one point and then for some sort of cover. I had gone in um, for this vacation swing and um, I want to say there were five of us in the room. And, you know, we danced, we sang, okay, I get on the train, I'm going to my babysitting job. And I got a call from the casting director. And she said, Hey, um, 
we're actually considering you for both Broadway and the tour, but you know, Casey wants to hear you sing a few other things. Can I send you some sides to have you prepare for 10 a.m. tomorrow? So I go into babysitting and we're like, all right, Danny, you go do your homework. I can just sit at the piano and play all these songs because I still hadn't seen the show yet at this point. So I wasn't super familiar with the music. So anyway, I think it was it was um roars for Katie and and someone gets hurt and what's wrong with me, I think, um, if I'm remembering correctly, you know, to go in and sing the next day at 10 a.m. So I went and I sang. It was fine, but um, it didn't get, didn't, you know, book that track either that was available. And then uh, I, you know, was in again for the tour because I I kept thinking like, all right, at at this point, you know, once I had gone in and sung all those things, I thought, okay, I need to actually go see the show so that I know kind of the direction that they're taking for each of these characters before I just go in and do my own thing. So at that point, I went to go see it. Um, I just watched the and, tutorial. I mean, but, um, <laughs> not the same, but. So anyway, so I, I got lotto tickets or rush tickets or something. And I went with a friend and they literally were in the front row. So That's I'm so sitting watching the show and it was fun because Yashelle was on. And I think Susie uh, may have been on too, or maybe Brett Nicholas. And so, you know, I, I knew a few people on the show and that was fun. And, and um, I realized as Devin comes out, I was like, oh, that's my trap. Well, no wonder why they haven't had a place for me because I look exactly like Devin. So they're not going to put me in the show until she's out of the show for whatever reason. So anyway, so of course, that's the track I ended up doing on tour um, just because we look so similar. You do. Um, yeah. And energetically are are very similar as well, <laughs> <laughs> which is, you know, perhaps not a compliment to everyone, but I'm sure Devin would agree. So anyway, so I went in for the tour at one point. I was in for a dance call and this was shortly after all of these auditions. And I go into the dance call and since I kind of already knew it, from a week or two prior, I was like, okay, I'm going to hang out kind of in the back corner. Um, and John McGinnis, the associate came up to me, he goes, Mary Beth, what are you doing here? And I said, well, I, I want to do the show. And he's like, we're, we're bringing you back. You don't have to be here. You leave. Oh so I God. said, okay, you know, I'm going to stay in the call and whatever. So, so I left and went to some other audition and anyway, um, but then they, they brought me back in um, afterwards and I, you know, sang and danced again and whatever, blah, 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 blah. And I think it was like the 11th or 12th time that I went in for the show. And then after yeah. that, I, got a call so sometimes it's not about you know them not not liking you or you not being good enough it's just if that if that track isn't available like if the puzzle piece right is missing yeah so which is something I need to remind myself all the time but um yeah it it was a long journey but anyway so that's that was kind of my audition with me and girls and then how long was that process from the beginning like from your uh, first to when you booked it I don't even remember when the out of town was I think it was in, in like 2017 or something my god and I mean I guess I could go back and look and see exactly what day I found out but I think it was I don't know maybe sometime in April of 2019 so like two year wow yeah yeah I mean it, but also like that that was a few different right. you know productions like it was the the out of town at the national and then and then the Broadway company and then the tour so right shows often have a long journey like that when when they're successful and so there might be you know a few different iterations of it right um it's funny yeah. because I've talked to, I can't even name everybody at this point for Mean Girls. <laughs> I talked to Ishelle earlier in November. Funny because everybody I've talked to has had such completely different processes. So it's always so interesting for me to hear like everybody else's. Everyone's like, yeah, I went in for yeah. this way and then they called me in for this and I didn't get it. And then they called me in for this and here I am. So it's really interesting. Yeah hear all the different steps everybody has gone through oh i i mean i think that happens to a lot of us especially when if you if you are right for the the energy of the show or the style of the show the theme of the show the age like you know you can be right for a show but if 
a role isn't available or, you know, they're, they're trying to puzzle piece so many things in that you're like, oh, I have this and this and this, but I don't have this, this, this. And we need someone right. who has like, it, it, it is such a, it, I try and figure it out all the time. And that's not helpful because right. I don't have all the information. So I, you know, can't, there's no, there's only so much I can do, you know? Right. And so you were with the tour from the beginning. So talk to me about kind of, um, if you remember, it was all along. No, time. I- <laughs> yeah no I mean it was it was very fun we started in 2019 it was very cool because um they they wanted to implement some changes on tour when we first went out so it was really cool because all all the creatives were in the room pretty frequently throughout our rehearsal process so Tina Fey was there you know changing lines um here and there and her husband did the music I mean it was it yeah truly that was like a a starstruck moment for me um to be in the room with these people and now benjamin who did the lyrics was like doing a few rewrites here and there mm-hmm. um and we learned the show from casey and john and casey right. hushin as well so um it felt very creative and and collaborative in a way um because people were were kind of changing things here and there so so that was a really fun experience um I remember I, I tell this story, so I might as well know, but, um, there was, uh, this, uh, uh, okay. So I had a bit of a moment, um, as I do on occasion, uh, learning the apex choreography, because at the time I was certainly not a hip hop dancer by any means. <laughs> I would not necessarily classify that as my strong suit, but, um, you know, we're doing this apex choreography that is very intricate and specific and sharp and small and learning. It was about beyond my capacity at the time. And so, you know, we'd go to do the choreography in that section and John would be like, okay, that was great, everyone. So Mary Beth, we're going to move in from seven to 10 on this moment. I was like, great, great, great. Yes, got it, got it. Or moving from, from 10 to seven on this moment. I'm like, okay, yes, got it, John. But in my head, I'm like, I, I don't, I can't, I can't be thinking of formations right now. I'm only getting, so we'd go to do it again and be like, all right, great, everyone. That looks really good. That looks really good. Okay, so Mary Beth, actually on, on this, on this uh, moment, we're going to move from 10 to seven. And I was like, yep, yep. <laughs> and I you know was not moving the formation was not changing on my behalf so anyway we we got to a break and I went into the stairwell and went down like three flights of stairs and just cried I was like get your act together like they can't fire they're gonna fire me I'm like they're totally gonna fire me I can't do this like pull it together pull it together so anyway I come back up and you know eventually I picked up on it and then you know it was like I could do apex in my sleep but for a time I was convinced they were gonna fire me because I just couldn't do both at the same time you know um, but you know i survived they didn't fire me so clearly I I, um <laughs> yeah so it was very collaborative to learn it the first time and then we were out on the road and it was very fun you know to be in like this big sparkly new show and or new to tour i suppose but so we did that itself, for- like there were a lot of changes so it kind of was a new show yeah that's true and they changed I, have you seen the non-union tour no i haven't they changed all of Roars, like the whole song is oh, totally wow. different lyrics. It starts with like the original lyrics from like the original Broadway version. Oh, and no she talks about like having friends that can work a phone. It's really interesting. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. But yeah, well, I, I think better than wildlife, wildlife from. Yeah. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> so then you guys were on tour for how many months until you stopped? I think or so we opened I think in September so about six months before we had our initial pause uh due to the pandemic in coincidentally in Fort Lauderdale which is also where we closed there was a lot a lot of emotional baggage in that building <laughs> when we got back but um, for real <laughs> yeah 
trauma. Um, it's seriously, but um, yeah. So so we were out for six months. It was really fun. Um, I got to play my hometown. I got to play Playhouse Square in Cleveland, oh. which you know, for everyone is always very special and to play their hometown. And I, I just, there was so many memories there and we were there for three weeks and oh, wow. I was on show and there at every show, there was someone else that whether they knew I was in it or not was someone, you know, from either intentionally coming there. Cause like, Oh my God, Mary Beth is doing this show or, you know, opening night, my principal from my elementary school that isn't there anymore, but you know, he happened to be at the show and happened to run into my parents. And he's like, oh, how are you? How's it going? I'm like, oh, yeah, what are you doing here? And they're like, well, our, you know, our daughter's on the show. He's like, what? You know, <laughs> so it was oh, it was yeah. very sweet. I remember your family was there in Detroit and it was Father's oh. Day. And they were there was like no one in the audience, but they were all like, yeah, like screaming. So yes. That is MBD's family right over there. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, loud, obnoxious. Yeah, we're related. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. And then. So then tour stopped and COVID hit. Lovely, lovely time <laughs> for everybody. Um, but then you went back. So then what was it like after the pan? Well, the pandemic was still happening. What was it like after the shutdown? Yeah, I mean, definitely an adjustment. It was it was very strange. I spent most of the pandemic um, at, at my parents' house with my parents. And my youngest sister was still um, in high school at the time. So spent a lot of time with them. And I was really diligent just from health for health reasons. Um, I, you know, was, was very diligent about masking and like not going a lot of places and quarantining just in case. And so it was the first time we went to go run roars without our masks on. I, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. So it was, it was very weird. It was so weird. Yeah, it was very strange. Um, and you know, we, it was Brennan Stimson and, and Becca Peterson that came out to, to, do a lot of the resetting with John McGinnis as well and Casey Hushin. And so that was also like, it was so funny because at that point there were so many different versions and like they had mostly done the Broadway version, but technically the Broadway version had changed for the last three shows that they did right. on Broadway. Right. All these different iterations of the show and trying to figure out what this new tour version was going to be. Yeah. And it was a lot of work and, 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 I don't want to say most of us, but a, a lot of us were returning, but then there were also some new people too. Right. Um, so it, it was, it, well, yeah, it was, it was just a lot of moving pieces. How long did you guys rehearse before you went out again? I think we, we had two weeks. Oh my I God. guess I'm not, I, it might've been that the, the entirely new people, I think they came a few days or maybe a week earlier. Mm-hmm. And those of us returning came after that first week. Um, very funny. I remember at one point Becca said, okay, we're just going to do Apex and do whatever you remember. And Morgan Bryant and I both just stood there for like the second half of it. Like, I, I don't remember this. I haven't done it in years. Well, you <laughs> so, weren't practicing over the pandemic. Oh my. I, I, I remember trying to practice once in my backyard and I went to go do a turn and kind of like rolled into some, you know, hole in the grass or whatever. And was like, nope, we're good. I'll do this later. <laughs> uh, you keep mentioning Apex. Was that the hardest one? Yeah, apparently, I have some like PTSD with Apex. Who knew? But <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I think coincidentally, it's the one that I felt really good about for the last two months. Something actually, this is very silly, but one day Noah, who was one of our new ensemble guys, would would like give us on occasion, you know, uh, uh go out with the intention of doing this. And the one day I I like come off from my circle and and to go on for apex and and he goes all right today you're doing apex as britney spears and i was like oh 
it just, it clicked. <laughs> so all of a sudden I was like, oh, I should have been doing this the whole time. So it was the goofiest direction, but for whatever reason that I felt like I kind of found a bit of a groove that I hadn't found before. So, um, that was fun, but yeah, that was, that was on as Britney Spears every time you did it after that. I mean, yeah, every time after that, <laughs> but I would say fearless, fearless is the hardest number to get through hands down. No questions asked, but, um, apex was hardest to learn for me. I love watching Apex because of the benches and like the guys under them. But when I just saw the tour, I was fourth, third, fourth row or something. So I could like physically hear them sliding under these. I'm like, oh my God, I hate that. Like, I I hate how loud you can hear them all like breathing. I'm like, (laughs) I can't handle this. Like, I I prefer to be a few rows back now after that. But but the downside was that honestly, because I was so close to the pit, it was super hard to hear them because the pit was like literally right there. That's never happened to me before. Wait, so did you have Katie and Gretchen in your contract like pre-COVID as well? Uh, and women, sorry, can't leave that out. Yeah, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I, my initial offer was for an ensemble track with a Katie and Gretchen cover. And then um, we added adult women in rehearsals because they um, they just hadn't cast another cover for it. So, you know, week one or whatever, <laughs> they added that in. So which one of those three did you do the most? Uh, uh Gretchen, I think. I, I don't, I don't feel like, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, that would be the answer is Gretchen. <laughs> <laughs> I loved your Gretchen. You were so funny. Oh, thank you. Of thank course. You. I saw the first time I ever saw the show, Olivia was on as Gretchen. And then I saw Megan as Gretchen and I saw jasmine as gretchen and i saw you as gretchen and i think that's it you hit i mean you practically hit them all that's i did impressive. not see grace i n- actually never saw grace at all and i uh, never met her either it does exist i promise i know i so i interviewed her and i was like grace i saw the show eight times and you just i had the worst luck so <laughs> now we're buddies but <laughs> i never saw her i was like it's like you don't exist like <laughs> I, so I was like are you kidding um but I was so glad that when I saw the show in Toronto I could finally stage door thank you Toronto and Canada for your um non-covidness because after seeing the show so many times you would think that I could like actually meet people but it took me till the seventh time yeah to- be able to meet you guys but that was so special and I'm sure it was so special for you guys too um yeah, was what really- was that like finally getting to meet people after the pandemic initially I didn't even realize how how much that that did kind of feel like oh we are having an impact like it felt a little it felt a little more transactional like I come in I do my job and I leave mm-hmm. um but then there are some moments that you kind of miss out on this little like zesty you know mm-hmm. zh- like oh this is significant to this person for this reason, or this person has been wanting to see the show since, or they bought their tickets when. Mm-hmm. So that I think enabled me to connect a little bit more with the audience in what felt like a more personal way, as opposed to just, you know, coming and doing a show and then leaving. So yeah, that was, that was really lovely. It's equally as special on the other side too. I can tell you <laughs> that because um, especially, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I did. I, um, so I worked in Detroit the summer that you guys were there and mm-hmm. I was working at a new station that was like directly behind, well, 
sort of directly behind where you guys were staying. And I only knew that because one of my coworkers lived across from like the building. And so he was like, yeah, this is where people stay when they're in shows. Like he also is the entertainment writer um, for oh, cool. the station. So like he had interviewed people. So like he knew that. Um, but I went to Starbucks every day on my lunch break and I would like see people in passing. Like I remember I saw Sam and I was like, like, <laughs> <laughs> girls like hi and then um but also during that time I saw the show four times and I knew where the stage door was and there's like two entrances to the Fisher so I purposely walked the one in the back past the stage door so if I saw anyone I could be like that you know I did see you um (laughs) you're walking in but I I respected the fact that I could not say hi you know but yeah it was a weird line where I'm like I want to uphold the policies and don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable but I don't know I'm also a person so of course I want to say I don't know I'm from the midwest like I want to be you know courteous and thoughtful and whatever so I get um, it it's it's I mean it's wild to think okay the amount of time that we spent on tour is equivalent to like the amount of time that you go to high school or to college like it's for and you have the summers off so you know with when you you know take out the pandemic times like it's the same amount of actual time so in my brain that's like being like okay what was high school like what was college like and you're like "Ah, i don't know oh my god i know i know it's like what was your favorite part i don't know it was my day you know yeah it's so much i mean what's your first thing that comes to mind the first thing well i mean definitely like i said definitely playing my hometown was was really it was so special and overwhelming in (laughs) in all of the ways um, I went on for my, my principal debut was for the adult woman in Philly. And I happened to have my friend, Sam happened to have a ticket for that Wednesday matinee and he ending up to see the show. So it was really sweet. You know, I texted him after I got the phone call from Peyton and she was our PSM at the time. And I was like, Hey, you know, do you want to see an adult woman today? He's like, are you kidding me? Are you on? So it was really special to um, have him there. We did also in Cleveland, um, we did uh, a benefit cabaret for um, BCEFA uh, and of that task for the AIDS task force of greater Cleveland as well. It was like kind of a co uh, one of the raffle items was um, a walk on role in Mean Girls. And as they announced that my my sister, who again was in high school at the time, was sitting next to my parents. And she's like, Mom, bid on that for me. And my mom was like, no, Kellen, like that's for, you know, people who aren't in the show or, you know, people who right. who don't get to do this typically. And of course, Ishelle overheard Kellen asking my parents and Ishelle's like, we have to, we have to do this for Kellen. So Ishelle's running around like, okay, can, can we all, can we all pitch in? Like we, we got to buy this for Kellen. We got to buy this for Kellen. And I was like, I don't know. I don't feel like I can have an opinion on this. It's my sister. Right. So anyway, so it ended up being that we sold two walk-on roles, um, one for Ishelle slash Kellen and one for um, another high schooler. Um, oh my God. So- that was wild. Kellen got to go on in Mean Girls in Cleveland. And I don't know, it was, it was just thinking back on it now, it seems absurd that that even happened. It seems right. like a few, you know, and, and because it was so long ago and because that doesn't happen. Like I, I those were the only two walk on roles that we ever did. And like, in a, I wish I could have done that. <laughs> I mean, and in a post ish COVID world, like, I don't know that that's something that's I mean maybe it will be oh, something so that happened pre-COVID that was pre- okay but it, it is yeah pre-COVID so it just was crazy to think about and and my youngest sister Kellen has down syndrome too and so 
I have only ever once seen a show that has anyone with Down syndrome in it. So I also just think, oh my God, you know, what did the audience even notice? Like, right. or, you know, or, or to those that did notice, like, what did that mean to them? And I think that is also, I mean, disability advocacy is a, is a, is very important to me. And, and so that was just a really special moment to be like, yeah, of course she can do this. Of course she can do animals. Of course she can do. I mean, it was so funny. She was doing these crosses and like taking selfies with Dijon and Olivia. <laughs> just, oh my God. I mean, and she, I mean, she was a high schooler at the time. So, so she, she was also right going, in. she fit right in and, you know, it was going through things that, that we all do in high school that feel relatable to the show. So, that's so, so yeah. Cool. Does she like literally just like walk on and walk off like with a backpack? Um, yeah, I mean, they, she and the other walk on role both came on for a few different crosses in what was it? I, I don't remember what the scene was, but you know, where, where Damien, Janice and Katie are downstage talking. And, um, I think right before pink shirt and a few other crosses, like, um, in the, in cafeteria scenes, um, and then in the, you can't sit with us scene, Kellen was at the table. Kellen and the other walk on on the other night were also were both with us at our cafeteria table. You know, she like oh. rolled on, sat there, and we did the you can't sit with us, and she did you know animals and the jungle moment with us, and then snapped back into it. And that's then so cool. Oh so, yeah, she's gonna remember that forever. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> Does she talk about it a lot? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that was. I mean, she had a great time. She got to come see the show so often and. Oh, I love that. That's so special. And the fact that she was in it with you too. And she got to like be backstage with everyone and everyone obviously knew her. So yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, did she end up like actually winning the raffle or was it just like a, we want to bring well, someone it, on stage? No, it was each, each. It, so it was like a kind of a bidding war for a minute between Ishelle and this other person. And then at a certain point, the, I, I think it was Megan, Masako, who was who was kind of emceeing the event at the time, and she's like, "Wait a minute, we can, or maybe it was Larry, I don't remember, but either way, Larry, they, we can do two walk-on roles. Like they just don't, they don't have to be the same night. You know, we can do two of these. This is not exactly a limited resource, so it's not like we're raffling an item, right? You know, we pick two different days, we could do two two walk-on roles. So that's, I love that. I wish I got to do that. That made me really happy. I'm so happy for her. And then she got to watch it so many times after that too, like after post pandemic, I feel like that, like, that's probably so special. Oh yeah. I mean, I swear by the end, my family could quote the show verbatim (laughs) (laughs) from start to finish, but (laughs) I saw it, the non-union tour the first time in Kalamazoo, Michigan with my friend who goes to Kalamazoo college. And she was like Sydney and she had never seen it before. And I always say like seeing mean girls is one thing. Seeing Mean Girls having never seen the musical is one thing, but seeing Mean Girls having never seen the musical with me is like a an experience. Is a whole other, yeah. Yeah. And so she was like, Sydney, I swear if you sit there and sing it the whole time, like I'm gonna literally walk away. And I was like, Okay, I'll just sing to myself and quote the show uh-huh. to myself and say all the lines that I know in my head and I'll just try to keep quiet for you. <laughs> but <laughs> And I made her stage door with me and I'm like, this is one of my serial killer traits, but like, I need to like map out where the stage door is before the show so that I can get there efficiently, especially with Mean Girls, because I know that those people change very fast. And oh so my God. I made her run with me. 
<laughs> in the rain nobody st- like the only person that stopped was the one person that i actually knew who's in the tour i was like no we're waiting for her like you're standing yeah. here <laughs> oh, you said larry i was gonna say that again in detroit and again with my not meeting people but seeing them in public i was getting student rush tickets on father's day and again not a lot of people were there because it was father's day i said to my dad i was like i'm sorry happy father's day i'm going to <laughs> yeah i can celebrate you any day but i'll celebrate you in the morning and i'll go see mean girls at night um okay whatever if it makes you happy um and i was in line to get student rush tickets and someone who looked like larry was in line in front of me like with another like grown man and i was like oh like I don't think that's him. Like, that's weird. Um, like, why would he be in the student rush line, you know? And then, because that's two hours before the show. And then we walked to Beyond Juice, which is, like, literally right. I don't know if you ever went, but it's right yeah. next to the Fisher. So good. Yeah. Coincidentally, Sam was also there and John. Larry was there <laughs> sitting at the table across from us, just, like, eating his dinner. And I had also seen Niani every single time in Detroit. Oh, uh, my gosh. Yeah, for Mrs. Duval. I've also talked to Niani on the podcast. Uh-huh. Um, when I say I've like talked to most of the cast, I've talked to most of the cast. Yeah. Um, and he was just sitting there eating dinner with us. I'm like, oh, hi, Mr. Duval. Like, just sitting here <laughs> eating dinner. I didn't want to say anything because I'm like, mm, seeing a few. Like, it's got to go to the theater now. But it was just like so, so special for me. I'm like, oh, they're real people too. <laughs> like, oh my, yeah. I mean, obviously. You're a real person. You're sitting in your closet talking to me on Zoom, but <laughs> I don't know. That's what everyone does, right? So besides all of the Mean Girls stuff, would would you say that those are your core memories of Mean Girls? Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Um. So besides all the Mean Girls stuff, what are you up to now? I mean, all sorts of things. <laughs> <laughs> um. I got back to the city in July. I first went home to my parents' house because I I given up my apartment pre Mean Girls 1.0 so didn't have a place to come back to over the pandemic or post mm-hmm. Mean Girls so I went there to like collect myself and let my muscles uh decompress <laughs> I saw some friends and and came back to the city and kind of apartment hunted and uh, applied for an apartment and here I am in my closet here in Madison, uh, you said yeah yeah I mean I've subletted probably 17 different apartments in the city over the course of the last nine and a half years but this is the first place I've lived on my own so I'm very excited about that so yeah I moved back in July and then I've been doing some dance classes and teaching some dance classes and babysitting and doing auditions and I mean that's kind of the life when you're betwixt shows yeah I don't know that's it's nothing crazy nothing too glamorous I promise but (laughs) I believe you did you perform somewhere or did I make that up I did a um, recently did like a workshop and a master class at a school in Vincent's, Indiana, and I did a 54 Below that, yeah. concert. Yeah, yeah. Which one um, was that? 54 Below Sings Adele. Oh, because I saw fun. I saw clips from the Miley one that like English and Grace and the like, oh yeah, yeah. I was girls reunion. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. No, everyone's doing all their things. It's so sad to see yeah. but it's so exciting as well i cannot I, believe adriano's on tour with oh Sid. again i'm so exciting she's incredible i never saw her either but i did beat her in costa mesa so i was like okay it evens out but i had texted my friend when i found out that sydney para who was the original par on the tour 
was leaving and I was like, oh my God, like I need Adriana to have this role. Like she would be so perfect. And then a month later she announced that she got the part. I was like, did did I do that? Or Yeah, no. She, I mean, we, we have told her that like, <laughs> we're like, you'd be great in this, you'd be great in this, you'd be great in this. And so, so one of the, the bonuses right now is that I, I do tend to have more, even like my schedule is a little sporadic, um, but I've been able to see friends in shows and, and, and go to weddings. And mm-hmm. those are all that I have missed out on so much on tour because either I can't get the time off or like weekends are really hard because then you're missing five shows to do one thing or, you know, the flight from wherever you Houston to New York, to Philly, to Appleton, Wisconsin is like, there was one time I landed literally at four 30 in Appleton, Wisconsin, and we had a five o'clock company meeting and I still made it. So I was really, it was great, but you know, that doesn't always work out. And so to have the ability to go see, you know, I, yeah, I just, it, it's been, that has been really wonderful to be able to be pre- a little more present for some of my friendships and my family relationships for in sure. ways that I really get to when I was on tour, because it, your schedule and your location are dictated by someone else and you don't always have a say. So right. um, it must be nice to just be in one place for once. Oh my God. And that's, that's why I knew when I got back to the city, I didn't want to sublet again because I wanted to be in my own space with my own things. <laughs> And I am. Um, so, so that has been nice. I mean, I haven't seen all of my belongings in the same place in four years. Oh, so then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I need to go through and I can get rid of these things. And, oh, I don't need these things anymore. And and just, oh, and be like, oh my God, this piece of art that I bought in Schenectady, New York is so cute and sweet and makes me so happy. And I get to wake up every day and it's at the foot of my bed. Like those are <laughs> that I, I didn't get to do for the last few years. So it, it does feel very very cozy and very me and I like that and I'm sure you value all those little things like a lot more now that like you didn't you weren't able to have them like you can't decorate a hotel room you know so no I mean I'm trying to think did I have a Christmas tree ever you know I mean I guess you can't you can decorate a hotel room you know so sometimes there would be people that would would buy a Christmas tree you know and put it up for three weeks because they're like well it makes me happy and then don't at the end and that's fine too but where were we over christmas was it i, mean, I have a mini christmas tree on my desk but i'm jewish so I there still- you go <laughs> <laughs> makes me happy <laughs> was it toronto i don't I remember i know you guys were there over american thanksgiving i think because i went it was the beginning of november i really can't even tell you i i'm it's so wild i'm so city based in my memories and coincidentally, I didn't have my like geotags on my photos for the last few years. I just discovered that because I went to go search. I try to look up Louisville. It it doesn't pull up all the pictures from Louisville. So then I'm like, okay, I went to this place with this person. Okay, maybe if I search for this person's face, I can find that picture. And then I can oh find the God. picture. Like everything is so city-based that for me. That throw me off. It's yeah, it's very strange, but um, especially when you guys had all those one. I remember like after Detroit, I think it was you that actually posted something about it that you guys didn't have like a golden day for like I don't remember how long it was, but after Detroit, yeah, 18 weeks, four and a half months, yeah. It, I, I mean, oh. who's counting? But I, but to be fair, I, I also did a non union tour years ago, I did the oh, really? East, and yeah, and um, we, I mean, we did one nighters, we did three show days. I, the track. long ad was 10 days in LA and oh my God, I was like, this is the dream. So okay, I would, I tell, I tell myself, I was like, okay, we, I can do this on, on 
beauty, we were out for 11 months and we had, I think, three golden days. Wow. One was in San Antonio and we went to this place in the Pearl District and had really great food. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember what it was called, but it was very good. It's saved in my phone. But, you know, point being, I can, I can, and I went back, I went back on Mean Girls and it was the same server that we had, which was wild. Um, So I told myself, okay, if I can do one nighters, I can do 18 one weekers. I'll be fine. You got this. Was that a bus and truck? Like you were on a bus? Yes. Mostly we lived on the Croswell. I slept on the floor of the bus. Oh yeah. Uber was barely a thing. Google Maps was ever so slightly a thing. I mean, it, there were times when, you know, I'd look up and the closest place to get food was, you know, a mile down the highway. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm getting up my boots and <laughs> walking. So yeah, it was, it was wild. I think we played like five or six different cities in Iowa. I mean, it just sounded like that line from the music man. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we played a lot of places. That was yeah. like, did DoorDash exist back then? Like, no, right? <laughs> No, 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 no. That was not a thing. I mean, I the best, there was one time we, okay. So we played 76 different cities across the U S over the course of 11 months. And, and some of them were week long sits, but, um, it, this, I mean, it, it was the time where my friend David was going to, he and Mikey, I think had gone to the gym or something in Mason city, Iowa. I want to say like there was a taxi service that took them from the hotel to the gym. And then they called to get a taxi back and they're like, Oh, we don't have, we're not working anymore. And they're like, well, okay, but we need a ride back from the gym. Like how are you? So they truly, I don't want to say hitchhiked, but they asked someone at the gym that was leaving. Hi, can you drive us back to the hotel? We don't have a car. Oh my God. Oh uh, yeah. That was an experience. Um, crazy. Like how did you eat? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I really don't know. I don't know how I did it. It was a lot of granola bars and hotel, you know, bananas from breakfast. And okay, at least you had that. But yeah, that... I'm also gluten, and I I probably should have been then. But, um, you say you're you gluten know. free? Yeah, I am. Hey, I love oh, that. New York City gluten free recommendations for you when you make it here. So I'm I'll a modern bread and bagel. Oh my god, I went with my sister. She came to visit a few weeks ago, and that is oh, I'm salivating now just thinking about it. It's so good. I before so the first time I ever went to New York was last December actually I was going to Israel so I was flying out of probably JFK actually it was Newark now that I think about it but we flew into LaGuardia so that we could spend a day in the city because me and my two friends had never been to New York City Um, and I was like okay like we need to go to this place like I'm forcing you guys like I my a different friend and I had ordered them online and like shipped them to us so I had like half a dozen and they're expensive and that shipping is so expensive and they yeah. came and mine were moldy and then they sent them back for free. So I didn't end up, pay- I know, um, but they were the best bagels I've ever had. I learned that you had to freeze them. I held on to each one so tightly and my friends wouldn't go with me when we went to New York. We went to Ellen's, so it was fine. But, you know, we had to get the whole tourist experience. There's also a place. Well, yeah, I know I could talk about gluten free food forever. So don't let me do that. (laughs) I love it. But then I went to a conference in March in New York City, the second time I've only ever been to New York City. And I had like a whole day to just like do whatever till it started at night. So I like somehow find found my way there. And I waited in this long line, got myself a bagel and I was happy for the rest of the day. Um, and then I saw Kimberly Akimbo front row won the lottery. So that's a great day. There were a lot of res- either residence ins or home two suites that would, ha- I think it's residence in maybe that would have 
Udi's um, gluten-free bagels, like as one of the, but you know what? On tour, I was like, this is great because. You got a toaster, honestly, that'll save you. So I can't imagine how hard that was on tour because it's just hard in general. I mean, like now it's more common. Like there's a whole aisle in a grocery store, everything. I mean, yesterday I went to Whole Foods and there was matzo ball meal that was gluten-free. So like. It's not very good. It is not good. Okay, touche. But but it does exist. It still exists. And even like it's very people know what it is. It's easy at a restaurant to be like, oh, can I have this? Can I not? Everything's labeled now. It didn't used to be. So yeah, definitely, definitely much easier. But you know, it's just another thing to think about when you're in a city and someone can go to Subway and you're like, Well, I'll have lettuce. <laughs> right. I mean, but Jimmy do they do they have Jimmy John's in other places besides Michigan? Yeah. And then the, the, I think they usually do the unwitch, which is the salad wrap. Yeah. I, I, I love a good unwitch. I mean, there's so many on here. I had it the other day. Um, that saves me, but like a good salad, I guess. You figure it out. You make it work. But I'm curious to know where you ate around. I mean, you probably don't remember, but like when you were in East Lansing, do you remember like anything you ate? I want to say there was a really good donut place. Oh, it, uh, 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 Sweet Encounter. Sweet Encounter. There's a place, there's a glu- there's an entirely gluten-free bakery in downtown East Lansing called Sweet Encounter. Are you yes. sure? Yes, I'm positive because I was there on their opening weekend. I was so excited. I went back because my sister, Kristen, is actually now the, the, the PT on Wicked, and they were in East Lansing for a while. So went to go see her. We went back. Yes, Sweet Encounter Bakery in East Lansing. Go. You will not regret it. It's not fair. <laughs> Worth the trip. Worth the trip. Uh, I'm on my way. One last thing. Where yeah. can people find you on social media? Oh, I okay. I have an Instagram. I'm getting better at posting. <laughs> I I don't have a TikTok much too. My sister's chagrin. I mean, she'll still send me things and I watch them. Are on, you an Instagram you know. Reels person? Not really. I mean, I'm telling you, I am someone who is a little more like tactile and in person. And I love things that are a little more analog. Like I, I love to sew. And I just recently went to a friend's wedding and pressed some flowers from one of the bouquets and and um, you know, put that into a frame. I'm just, I'm very, I, I tend to be a little old fashioned at heart, okay. and, but I also know that I'm a human being and an actor alive in 2023. So Instagram is, is a bit requisite at this point, or at least some sort of for, form of social media. So I'm not super diligent about, about posting or about checking my DMS, but, um, but it does exist. <laughs> I do go on it. Do you want to <laughs> shout it out? <laughs> Oh yeah, no, it's M. It's at M B Donahoe, D O N A H O. Do you have a middle name, or do you not? Because your name is Mary. <laughs> okay, so yes, I do. <laughs> I my real name is actually Marion, as in Marion the librarian, and my middle name is Elizabeth, and my last name is Donahoe. But I've I, truly from from day like coming home from the hospital, the sign on the front porch said "Welcome home, Mom and Mary Beth," because apparently my mom said you couldn't call an infant Marion. <laughs> But um, that's my it was my great yeah. grandma's name, Elizabeth. Oh, okay. So, so they're family names, and I do love them. And I don't know it. It, it I feel like it probably uh, draws upon my you know floral sundress aesthetic. Did your cast know that when you would travel places and your documents would say because that you know for legal purposes and and whatever like you know that's you know what all of that documentation says and and so on all of the um you know itineraries and things it would say Marion um just so that that way it matched whatever. <laughs> oh, that's a fun fact I didn't know. And I know a lot about Mean Girls and the people in it. <laughs> But it was so great to catch up with you and talk to you more. Yeah, it was um, so great to talk 
chat with you. Thank you for having me. That's all for this week's episode of people who are somehow important to my well-being. Make sure you follow at important to my well-being pod on Instagram and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast.